This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. G'day and welcome to the Sea Eagles Community Corner podcast, hosted by Sea Eagles General Manager of Community, Kelly Petrovich, along with Justine Gordon, CEO of the Burdekin Association. Based here on the Northern Beaches, the Burdekin Association is a proud community partner of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Each week, Kelly and Justine will be joined by different guests covering some amazing things happening in the community. The Sea Eagles Community Corner podcast is proudly presented by Sea Eagles major partner, URM. Now, over to Kelly and Justine. Today I'm joined by my co-host Justine Gordon who is the CEO of the Burdekin Association which is a local non-for-profit organisation here in the Northern Beaches. We're here to talk all things community. Over the next few podcasts, we're going to focus on what community means for the Manly Sea Eagles, what our priorities are, what our plans are for the future and also what we've been up to. Justine, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Kelly. And how has isolation been treating you? Look, I cannot complain. Uh, I think I've been really fortunate. Uh, We're an essential service, so we need to keep doing, um, you know, our core business and making sure that the children and young people we support Um, you know, are feeling safe um, during this time. I've also adopted two Dutch backpackers to to help out with the homeschooling um, and and that's been a lot of fun. How good. Two Dutch backpackers. I know. They're sisters. They're leaving me next week. So I'm struggling with that. (laughs) As we start to get back to a bit of normality. Well, community has always meant a great deal to the Manly Seagulls. Um, for us, whether it be, you know, visiting kids in schools, hospital visits, running junior, junior league clinics and fan days. Uh, Justine, I know it's been a little while since you've been at school, uh, but as a Northern Beaches local girl growing up on the Northern Beaches, tell us a little bit about your most memorable Seagulls experience uh, and I believe a little encounter you may have had with Jeff Toovey. Look, you know, yes, it, it's... Actually, it's not been that long since school, Kelly. Come on, be fair. But but no, look, Je- Jeff and I were uh, young together. Actually, I think he was a little bit older than me, but only a couple of years. I was a young teenage girl. And, um, you know, the Manly Seagulls to me um, meant a great deal. It was what my father and I really kind of bonded over. It was something that we did together most weekends. So dad, you know, worked really hard. He played a lot of golf. Uh, and, and he and I used to go to the games together. And I have a lot of memories about going to games uh, with him and, and even going to a semi-final at the Sydney Football Stadium. That was pretty fun. But look, we go back to Jeff Toovey. So he was my absolute kind of, I don't know, I had pictures on, of him on my walls, you know, how old was I? Probably 15, 16. And um, we had a school presentation and who should be presenting the awards that year but Jeff Toovey. And I got an award and I got to walk up on stage and shake his hand and, oh, I must have looked like love sick teenager <laughs> up there on the stage. So, yeah, look, uh, you know, and then uh, it's interesting, you know, come full circle and, and with the work that we've been doing with the Manly Sea Eagles and there Jeff Toovey turned up at one of the projects we're working on and, and I confessed my love for him. Well, not currently, back there when I was 16. It's a little different now. But, yeah, that, that, was, kind of, that was kind of my experience with, uh, with Jeff. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, back on the work that you've been doing through the Burdekin Association with the Manly Sea Eagles. How did that work come about? Our engagement with the Sea Eagles really, really kicked off 
towards, uh, you know, 2017, but there's a little story in 2016 which, which really set the scene. Uh, so I was lucky enough to be in a box at ANZ Stadium whilst watching a Sydney Swans game, and that was in October. I met a gentleman and we got chatting about what we each did. I was telling him about the organisation I work for and the joy I have in connecting with the community and supporting young people. He added that he was involved in setting up community-based initiatives also. I was intrigued. He was a little mature. And he told me he was involved with the setup of the Western Sydney Wanderers. And part of his work was about really connecting that team with the community. And that without the support of the community, a local professional sports team is really not much. I then said, so, so what do you do? Um, and he said, well, I'm the CEO of a club. I said, well, okay, what, what club? Now, I've got to say, he did tell me his name at the beginning of our conversation. And I had absolutely no idea, you know, kind of what that meant. Well, then he added that, the club that he was a CEO of was the Cronulla Sharks. The light dawned on me. The week before, in October 2016, Cronulla Sharks had won the grand final. And I said, well, yeah, wow, you must have had a busy week. And he kind of chuckled and said he did. Fast forward to the 2018 season and Lyle Gorman shifts to become CEO of the Manly Seagulls. I must say I got very excited for our community after I reflected on that day in 2016 and it became my priority to kind of stalk him and to meet him and to, to connect with his community team and be part of the deeper journey into the community the Seagulls were going to make. So Kelly, you started at the same time and the Manly Seagulls community program has set a high standard for where they want to go, what they want to do. What's been the focus of the Seagulls in the community since you've come on board? Yeah, well, I've been uh, with the Seagulls now for the last three years. So I was fortunate enough that I did come on board with Lyle. He, he brought me with him. So uh, we had worked together previously over the years. And, you know, what it allowed us to do was to, to really just stock take uh, of, of where we're at and, and what community means to the club. And traditionally, some of those things that I spoke about before, those fan engagement initiatives, um, traditionally, community has just been about fan days, member events, um, you know, as I said earlier, the, the junior league clinics, the school visits, the hospital visit. And whilst those things are, are really important and they're really important that we continue to, to do them and we, and we are doing them, we want to be more than that. We, we want to be more than just a football club. So we really sort of reviewed and, and analysed where we were at, what, what was important to us, where we thought we could genuinely make a difference. So we sort of started the, the journey, I guess, of uh, engaging with some of those local services in, in the area and in the community to, to gain a deeper understanding of some of the key issues that may be happening in the area and how we could make a, a genuine social impact through the power of sport. So obviously we met you and, uh, and we engaged with, uh, with Burdekin Association and then that later led to us having a, a partnership with the Avalon Youth Hub. In one of the episodes to come, we'll talk and deep dive a bit further into about what the Avalon Youth Hub is all about. But we met with a number of schools, a, a lot of principals, uh, again, just to try and understand what was sort of affecting our community or, or, or our young people. We'd, we'd heard that there'd been, you know, a number of youth suicides on the northern beaches and, and it was one of the highest risk areas, uh, which was quite a shock to us, actually. But we knew that there were a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful things and what was really uh, great about the process that we went through was it was a real collaborative effort. Um, you know, everyone was trying to achieve the same thing. So for us, it was pretty evident that this was a space that we wanted to play in. So mental health in young people has been our main priority. 
over the last 12 months. We've partnered, as I said, with, you know, with some great charities and such as the Avalon Youth Hub, but also partnered with some other service providers that are doing some really wonderful things and, and experts in this space. Uh, and really all we're trying to do is um, amplify what they're doing and use our, our players as mentors and, and as influencers for change. So, so mental health and positive wellbeing in young people, as I said, is, is one of our main priorities at the moment. Um, we've in, introduced a, or started to implement a program in schools. Later in future episodes, we'll, we'll interview John Novak, who is the producer of The Boomerang Effect, which is a positivity and resilience-based program. We're currently implementing that in, um, in a few of the local primary schools. We've, we've decided to target Year 5, Year 6 kids. We believe that we can make uh, a, a good positive impact um, at, at, on that age group. So, um, yeah, so there's lots of things going on in the background. But um, for us, like I said, you know, community is really important to the Sea Eagles. Not only do we want to grow our fan base and have, you know, Everybody on the Northern Beach is supporting their local club. We want to embed ourselves in our local community through all of those fan engagement activities that I've, that I've spoken about, but, um, but we really want to make a social impact and, and make a difference in, in increasing positivity and, and well-being in young people. Okay, let me, let me stop you. You've, you've kind of gone a bit of an overview there of, of what you're doing, but let's dig a little bit deeper. You want the Manly Seagulls to be more, why is that important to the Manly Seagulls? Why can't you play sport? What, what else is the Seagulls about? What else do they need to, to do? And if we start, I suppose, you know, from, from the beginning, from the, from, from, if we look at children in this community, uh, if we look at children that are playing sport, if we look at uh, the impact that mental health is having on young people and not just young people, you know, the older generation as well, we look at the impact that it's having on the players, uh, not only from rugby league, let me take us a little bit side, outside of rugby league, but, you know, a lot of cricket players are coming out and needing to step down because of mental health and and a lot of players are, are having to step aside or, or address their issues. So for, for the Sea Eagles, is rugby just about playing a game now? No, I, for us, I mean, we have, we have a view that you know, we're, we're more than just what happens on the football field. I mean, we're, we're a sporting business is what we are. And so it's not just about, you know, the boys play for 26 rounds of the year. There is plenty of downtime outside of that. And, you know, it's equally as important for, for us to have our players feel like they have a, a purpose and play a role in their community um, outside of just what they do on, on the football field, you know. We have a head psychologist and a mind coach uh, in John Novak who, you know, some people have this, um, I guess, perception that because a rugby league player, you know, is paid so much amount of money and they're, you know, is essentially they're a high profile person that they're not uh, experiencing similar issues in, in mental health. You know, they, they have to go through uh, week in, week out and mentally try to prepare themselves for, for a match. Some of them have personal issues going on at home. Some of them have, um, you know, have had reoccurring injuries and have to mentally... And manage how that impacts that on their living. I mean, their living, their work is is playing football. And if you can't actually do that, uh, then then who are you? And I think that then starts to impact on on their identity. And, and I think the engagement that we've had with the Manly Seagulls 
you know, has provided me with a little bit of an insight into uh, these these players. They're they're people, uh, and and they they are doing their best. They have their ups and downs, um, and however, they are so passionate about their their game, their team, and each other, and that then flows into their community, their own their own small community, their own broader community. And, and they have a real sense of, of belonging. And I think that's a really important factor. Oh, there goes the siren. Okay, so we're heading to half time, and here's a message from our sponsors. The Manly Warringah Sea Eagles thank our major partner, United Resource Management, for their ongoing support. Season 2020 is URM's 24th consecutive year sponsoring the Sea Eagles, and they are also big supporters of communities right across Australia. The Sea Eagles also thank Premier Partners, Shore and Partners Financial Services, Lotto Land and all corporate partners of the club. For a full list of Sea Eagles corporate partners, head to seaeagles.com.au. Welcome back. It's Justine here from the Burdekin Association, back with Kelly Petherbridge from the Manly Moringa Sea Eagles. For this uh, second half of, of our podcast, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into what the Manly Moringa Sea Eagles have been up to. Now, Kelly... We've spent a lot of time together working on, you know, what's going to be important for the Seagulls uh, and, and, and what, what you need to set up in terms of internally to do that. Now, you've talked a lot about a foundation. What's the foundation? So the foundation was launched uh, back in April this year and essentially it's a fundraising platform that we've set up to allow us to raise raise funds for three core pillars and so those those core pillars that we landed on that were important to us as an organization we've already spoken about the importance of well-being and that being a key focus so well-being is a pillar underneath that uh, are some core programs that that will run to with an objective to support uh, positive well-being in, in young people Okay, so before we get in, into though the specifics of the well-being, what are the the other pillars that the foundation kind of overlays? So high performance. Yep. So obviously our core business is 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 essentially what happens on the football field. So we want to make sure and ensure that we have the absolute best of everything in terms of providing our players with the best opportunity to perform at their their highest. So yep. Uh, that includes everything from junior pathways up to NRL. Okay, perfect, perfect. And what's the final pillar? The final pillar is heritage. So equally, it's important for us to remember our our past and our history. And like, like Jeff Tuvey. Like Jeff Tuvey. Right. Yep. Okay. Where okay. we've come from, uh, and ensure that they feel included uh, and still feel part of the Manly Eagles family. So there's a a number of initiatives that we'll look to roll out over the coming years. That will include and recognise our, our past and our rich history. Okay. And as long as Jeff Tooby's there. I'll ab- make sure absolutely. that you Great. have a seat next Great. to him. Thank you. Thank you. So if we come back to the first pillar, and we did talk a, a, quite a bit about that in the first half of our podcast, but I want to I kind of talk a little bit more and, and, and really try and figure out what, why is well-being important to, to Manly? But I suppose it's a bigger question. It's not just Manly. It's the National Rugby League. Why has that become a focus? We are a sport at the end of the day and we're a vehicle, um, you know, to be able to to spread a, a wide message and, and with a, a focus on young people, we, we want to see more kids playing sport. We know that there's a lot of distractions uh, these days with social media and video games and the like and there's actually the last couple of years have been a, a decrease in participation. So we want to ensure that kids are out playing sport, playing our game because at the end of the day, 
they're the future of, of rugby league. So it's really important that we we use the sport and the power of, of the game uh, across the entire code, all 16 clubs, to to send that message. I know I'm excited about this weekend. I know my kids are excited about this weekend. I know community and, the, and society, it's it's rugby league at this moment feels like it's it's representing so much to this to this country and I know you're going to talk a little bit more about you know what you guys have been doing COVID-19 so so we'll come back to that um but but really in this time it's it's yeah, it's so it's so it's become amazing that that you know getting back to sport and getting back to being able to watch something on television together um that's live um yeah it's, it just means so much why did you choose to focus on young people I think for us, you know, we we'd love to have the capacity to be able to uh, to focus on everybody and to focus on all people, and you know, we will continue to do our community engagement and fan engagement um, programs and initiatives. But for us, we wanted to narrow our focus to ensure that we could really uh, make a difference in in one particular area. And young people. I think of faced with so many challenges these days. I mean, I, I, I'm an auntie and, um, you know, to a five-year-old and just seeing, you know, the way that we grew up as kids playing, you know, rugby league in the backyard or playing cricket in the backyard, those types of things, you know, it's very different landscape these days with young people. And I think they've got so many other different avenues and platforms that puts a lot of pressure on them. And I just feel, and even after, you know, I, I spoke earlier about the fact that we we held a focus group with some principals and school teachers in the area and the challenge that that they spoke about is the fact that you know they have kids Monday to Friday between a set period of time and they can only do so much during that time and then kids go home to their parents and these days parents are working in the city they're not home they're not getting the discipline and the guidance um you know that they and leadership that they that I guess we we had as kids growing up. So there's been a, a real concern for young people. And so for us, you know, we can't be all things to everyone. We have decided you know, to engage in some of those programs to help support parents and to help support teachers uh, and to help support young people with positivity and resilience and giving them some tools to be able to bounce back and to, to make better choices in life. So so that's been our primary focus. Yep, perfect. And you did say that, that you, you were going to continue to share the Sea Eagles love with other members of the community as appropriate. There is still that, those general programs. So attending schools, it might not be Jeff Toovey. Now, who's the go-to for schools? Like if... Oh, look, the Turbo Brothers are, are yeah, pretty... Yeah, true, a true. If, a, if I had them, if I was in school, yeah, no, fair call, fair call. And, and Jake and Tom are, you know, are locals. Yes. So they're uh, Monavale Primary School. Yeah. Monavale yeah, Public yeah, School. Yep. Monavale I think they went to Pitwater School. High as well. So, no, they're... Oh, no. they're and okay. look, and our captain, Daly Charity, Daily Cherry Evans is is certainly a, a still a favourite as well. Yeah, no, fantastic. All right, so during COVID nineteen, what are the some of the things that that, that you guys have been doing um, during that period? It's been really interesting, actually. Over the last couple of months, we always receive a high amount of requests from from people, whether it be a player shout out, a birthday message, requests for donations and things like that, um, which is pretty standard. But And we, we obviously try to help and uh, as much as we possibly can. But, but during this COVID period, what we've sort of seen an increase in requests has been from 
the older generation. So we've had a number of requests from whether it be family members or whether it be from nursing homes directly. What has happened with, with rugby league not being on the TV with elderly people is feeling a complete disconnect. And obviously due to COVID, there's been a, a fair bit of isolation that's been, you know, been required. Or So for us, we've just seen this influx of, of requests coming through from, as I said, nursing homes or from family members who have people in nursing homes that are really, really struggling. So we've responded as much as we possibly can to all those requests. Uh, we've set up FaceTime uh, sessions with some of the players We've also engaged with, you know, we talk about our heritage pillar uh, earlier, but we've re-engaged with some of our Golden Eagles and some of our past legends that may have been playing in the era that these the requests have come through from and that they can relate a little bit more to them. So, yeah, we've set up a, a number of different FaceTime uh, calls. We've done some surprise and delights. What so, does that mean? So we hit the streets a few weeks ago with Igor, the Eagle, and who's our mascot, and Steve Beaver Menzies. And we just decided to go and bring some joy back into the community. So once the restrictions lifted a little bit, uh, we obviously kept our distance, our 1.5 metres, and, um, and kept within the COVID regulations. But we just wanted to show our community that we're still here and that we're still thinking about them. And uh, we delivered some gifts um, around the area from, from Manly all the way up to Palm Beach. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a really nice food for the soul. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, on COVID-19, you've, you've obviously tried your best to, to kind of continue to engage with the community. But I know the community has also been incredibly generous with the Manly Warringah Seagulls. And in terms of, you know, the season, being able to sit there and, and watch a game, you've got a lot of members. And and I know you've, you've said that you've got a lot of members who've pledged their membership back to the club. Um, so it can continue to do you know, what it is. Now, we don't need to talk, talk about numbers or anything like that, but that's an amazingly generous uh, thing that a lot of lot of the sponsors have done. Oh, honestly, it's been overwhelming. The unwavering support that people have shown during this stressful period for everybody. I'm, we know that people are, uh, are experiencing financial difficulty. The passion and the loyalty that they have for this this great club is uh, it's been as I said overwhelming. I'm happy to share numbers, okay. Justine. So we we've actually had over four thousand ticketed members. So we have around eight thousand. So it's it's just over fifty percent that have pledged their membership fee for twenty twenty. Regardless, the fact that we've had over fifty percent of our ticketed members that are happy to pledge their fee for this year, uh, regardless of what happens, is just been overwhelming. No, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic to hear. So I think you know we've 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 really kind of addressed well-being and there's a lot that we're going to focus on over the next few podcasts specifically you know around what that's looked like in practice what the plans are for the future and and really delving into the specifics but if we look at the other two pillars so high performance you've talked about two elements to that the first being player development whether it's your your four or five year old on the park or whether it's your your daily cherry evans you know recovery you know didn't he no who went in a cryogenic chamber or something that was one of the Trebojevic boys I think geez I'm really kind of clutching at straws there but is that <laughs> what you're talking about when you talk about high performance do you That's talk about my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same with me uh, but is that what you're talking about the the not only the you know getting these players to the the peak physical fitness but also their recovery both physically and and potentially mentally 
Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, it encompasses everything. So it could be from us raising money for high performance initiatives and programs will include everything from, you know, having the best dietitians, the best medical staff, the best equipment, that be rehabilitation equipment, physios, the best doctors, uh, you know, the best performance equipment that will take them to the next level and ensure that if, if you talk to our head of high performance, Donnie Sin, she's, uh, he's very passionate about this, but we have the ability to monitor every single player yep. through data and through these different types of equipment to be able to ensure that that, that gets every, prepares every single player to the best of their, their ability and, and have them in absolute peak performance. Um, before they take the field and then like you said yes the, the recovery is is essential mm-hmm. so because I think if we talk about uh, peak performance what what I know as a fan I love I love winning and I think most fans love winning we're happier when Manly Sea Eagles are winning uh, and, and that's a natural thing and and look I'm a competitive person so I like to win uh, and so I'm excited by the fact that is a focus because that's that's just the reality now. You know, if if you can prepare your players the best, then you're going to take you're going to get an edge, and so you're more likely to win. And and that makes me happy. I think it makes the fans happy. And if we get to a grand final and we win that, well, wow, you know, we're we're really happy. So investing in high performance is not just you know an internal um, kind of focus or an individual focus. It's actually when you invest in your team. Uh, you you then are able to perform at a higher level, which is more likely to result in winning, which is then more likely to result in I know you know us all being happier. Well, and a premiership. That's exactly. ultimately that's what we're all competing for yeah. is is a premiership, yeah. and, and we want that trophy. But that that brings us to the end of our podcast today, Justine. We've just got the heard the full time siren, so uh, I look forward to speaking community again with you next week. Fantastic, thanks, Kelly. This has been the Seagulls Community Corner Podcast, presented by Seagulls major partner, URM, and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner, ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Seagulls on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Seagulls podcast channel series, head to seagulls.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII Live Media production for the Manly Warringah Seagulls official podcast channel. 